All right, welcome to the latest edition of Seattle Marriage Musings podcast. Uh, we took a break for pretty much the entire summer, which I suppose when you follow a summer sport isn't the smartest idea, but here we are. Uh, glad you're with us. Hope you enjoyed the sunny August weather if you're from the Pacific Northwest, where it was, I think, the driest August on record, if I'm correct, Alan. That is. That is, that is correct. I think we even hit 90 at one point. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. 90 in the Northwest. I know. Well, that two-month summer, you got to be prepared when it does come around. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you absolutely do. And Alan actually is, is getting ready for the fall. He's got the perfect Northwest look going with the flip-flops and the hoodie. He is absolutely. ready. He's I'm, ready for the fall. I'm prepared. Prepared. So, yeah, if you haven't guessed, my guest, or I guess my partner, I should say partner, not really guest, Alan Sleevy is with me. Um, yeah, how you been doing, Alan? Uh, great, great. Enjoying the weather. Enjoying the weather uh, and the, the occasional Mariners highlights. Yeah, well, they had quite a few highlights right after the All-Star break, and they've they've slowed down with the highlights ever since they hit the Chicago, which is the Mariners' buzzkill, pretty much. <laughs> Those White Sox this year. I mm. don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a house of horrors there. Uh, but they had the eight-game win streak. That was exciting. They've had wins in general. Yeah. And dingers, at least on the road. Ding- yeah, ding- occasional dingers. And, well, perfection came to the Northwest. That's true. You know, on the on the right side of it uh, this time. So that, that was... That was awesome. Where were you for the perfect game? Alan? Where was I for the perfect game? Uh, I was <laughs> I was working, actually, all morning. Probably like most people, since it was Wednesday <laughs> at 3. <laughs> it was Wednesday in the early <laughs> afternoon. So I did not catch any of it any of it live, um, and so I uh, came downstairs from from work since I work at home and was like, oh, I better check on the Mariners game. You know, let's probably catch the end of that. Probably still going. Oh, perfect game it happened. <laughs> so it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, I was totally in 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 blackout, you know, during work, <laughs> so I had no clue this was happening as it unfolded. But I did get to re- watch it later that night and recorded it on the DVR forever. Good man. So I can watch it any time I want. Yes. It is one of the highlights in Mary's history, really. I was I was dog-sitting in Gig Harbor because I'm back in grad school, so I was actually on break. So I had no excuse for missing any of it. But I missed the first three innings or so because I was like, oh, yeah, the Mary's are playing this afternoon. They started like 1230. Yeah. So I was on an exercise bike watching after a couple wiener dogs, but I had Rick Riz on. And it was exciting. That's And I have to say, now the funniest part, actually, for me of the perfect game, was that I checked the line score before I tuned in, and I saw there was no runs, no hits, and one error for the Rays. I didn't think much of it, because I'm just used to Felix dealing a no-hitter for four or five Absolutely. innings. That's, yeah. just, that's just common. It's expected. Yeah. yeah, it really is. But I thought it was just a no-hitter, because uh, of the one error, but then I clicked in my head. I was like, oh, the one error is on the Rays' side. That's not on the Mariners' no. side, on Felix's side. And then, like, I was listening to the lineup, and, you know, I did the math in my head, and I was like, oh, he's in turn. Yeah. Rick Riz is especially excited right now, and that's, I mean, it's hard. You you don't think that Rick Riz has levels of excitement, because he's just always so stoked for Mary's yes. games. Absolutely. <laughs> but Absolutely. he does have levels, and uh, he had a special level for Felix. Even by the fourth inning, Rick Riz was feeling that perfect game. Hey, and Felix said himself he was feeling it by that point as oh, yeah. well. He I think, knew. was it the third inning he said? He's like, yeah. oh, yeah. He said he hinted at it while he was warming up. <laughs> Which was good. It was good. And a dedication to the fans, you know, at the end. And it was great. And they interviewed him. And all around, just uh, congratulations, Felix. And let's not overlook that it was a one nothing ball game. The Mayor's offense did him no favors. Fair enough. Fair enough. And that's the way it really should have been. Yep. Considering 
So not only was he perfect, he needed to be perfect on that day. <laughs> Absolutely. And well, he was. He so. was. He was. Well, uh, you know, speaking of uh, you know recent news and highlights with, with the Mariners, of course, it's September, mm-hmm. and uh, we all know what that means. Yeah, there's more Mariners. There's more Mariners. <laughs> all two new ones. <laughs> We can we can expand the rosters to forty men, but it looks like we're expanded all the way. Well, to twenty seven, twenty seven, maybe twenty nine or thirty. We'll I mean, see. safe go. It's it's aged well, but apparently the dugouts are a little cramped. A little cramped. I don't know. So we we brought up a couple a couple of guys who are familiar faces uh, in Carlos Baguero and Erasmo Ramirez. Uh, Indeed, that's well, Tim. What do you think? Well, it is what it is. I'm, that's about what I've got to say. I mean, we all, Piero's a known commodity. He hits the ball 500 feet when he hits it. Yep. Which happened relatively frequently in Tacoma and not so frankly in Seattle. Surprisingly enough, major league pitchers can find his weak zones, which are all over the place. He's got some holes in his swing, and, and he's exciting when he hits the ball and when he can see it in those eyes that <laughs> yes, Wedge right. loves. Wedge loves his eyes. He's starting today, actually. Yeah, starting today. Uh, he had a hit, so he had a single earlier. Yeah, he uh, almost hit the runner while he was at it. He almost hit the runner, and yeah, and then uh, Montero was thrown out of the plate on a questionable call. Uh, but, you know, he hit the ball. So <laughs> He hit the ball. That's, that is progress with Carlos Progress. Figueroa. And Erasmo, what do we expect to see out of him? Uh, nothing much, literally, because I don't think he's going to pitch that often. Because, I mean, we, we, well, we've seen what happens. There's always somebody in the bullpen that just doesn't pitch for months on it, the Jeff Gray Memorial bullpen spot. <laughs> it is. He's got a plaque, I think. Okay. Yeah, I know. But no one knows where it is because no one knew where he was. <laughs> but, no. but um, no, I don't expect him to pitch that often. I had the pleasure of watching him several times in Tacoma, at least three or four of his starts, and he's... When he's on, he's Doug Fister, at least for us, before he turned into Tiger Doug Fister that swings and misses and stuff. But, I mean, Ramirez, he's got good command. He's got a fastball that can ride up to, like, 94, which is surprising, but it's very straight. He needs good command, and he didn't – he had okay command in AAA. He threw a lot of strikes, but a lot of meat pitches. And so he'd have one or two rough innings, and the rest would be effective. And the reality is, is if you're doing that in AAA, you're going to get hit around in the majors. But he's got a park that's going to help cover him. I actually have hope for him in the future, um, but we'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast. But as far as this next month, uh, I would love to see a few spot starts out of him. Maybe that happens, maybe that doesn't. I mean, heaven forbid we pitch Kevin Millwood and Blake Bevan out of turn. But Well, you know, I'm not as high on, on Erasmo. I, I'm not sure he'll figure it out. He's still pretty young, mm-hmm. so he's, he's got time, but... Not, not haven't loved what I've seen so far this year, but we'll see if he's worked something out in Tacoma and come back up and can be effective in well, the limited time we'll see him. Don't worry, he didn't figure out anything in Tacoma, Alan. <laughs> Good. <laughs> At least from what I saw. Well, okay. He was mildly effective. Mildly effective. Well, you know, as always in the podcast, we have to do a sort of state of the Mariners, state of the, uh, of the union here. Uh, you know, uh, starting, let's just... Let's start with the, with the highlights recently. Let's start with the pitching. Yeah. Um, you know, what what do we think so far of some of the guys we've seen? Um, well, well, that's a fun question for me to think about because I, I catch more Rainier's games than Mariners games. But as far as the Mariners go, well, well, Felix, except for yesterday, he got roughed up a little bit, but it's just the Angels, and I just I hate them. I guess <laughs> he was kind of due. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> so, but I mean, he's been doing all right, and so yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like he'll make the roster next year. I think. Well, I think 
Well, I'm sure he... Wedge will watch him closely down the stretch, see how he does in September. <laughs> I mean, he did call up Erasmo Ramirez. So. Well, who knows? Yeah. Well, I think Felix has been Felix, to say the yep. least, if if not even the Felix we all expected to, to see, you know, with uh, perfection. Um, so he's been reigning king. Yes. Um, Vargas, you know, he's he's been fairly, fairly great this year, mm-hmm. right, for the most part. He, I mean, a little home run prone. I'd say um, Safeco's helped him out a little bit there, but certainly doesn't help him on the road. Mm-hmm. Vargas um, is a perfect Safeco field pitcher. Yeah, yep. as evidenced in your post, all about that. Yes, um, of course. And so Vargas has been has been pretty solid. Um, Millwood. Yeah, he'll be gone. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably be, probably be leaving us, but he, he you know. Did did this Kevin Millwood thing earlier he did. with us throughout the year? And he so. might have just revived his career. Although I heard he didn't get picked up on waivers and waivers, he didn't, which surprised me. He that actually that did was, surprise me. Yeah, but uh, Barlas, Vargas, and Felix both got picked up by someone. <laughs> shockingly enough, I know. Can't believe that somebody else would want Felix. <laughs> Although we we know how much those waivers uh, really mean at this point in the yeah, season. Deeply meaningful. Well, but I'm still surprised. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the Orioles. They're like they've signed Randy Wolf. They traded for Joe Sox. Yes. They apparently want to start. I don't know why they didn't give Kevin Millwood a look. Not that I'd expect him to light the world on fire, but you're talking about Joe Saunders and Randy Wolf. Wasn't he a former Oriole at one point? He was. <laughs> yeah, he knows the area. He can help the young guys acclimate in August. I did, I did get to watch a little Randy Wolf this morning against the Yankees, actually. It was, uh, he's fairly effective, actually. I was surprised he's a free agent, to be honest. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so I mean, he, he, was, he was decent out there. They, they brought him in um, uh, when... Um, What's his name? Got uh, got hurt himself. Uh, started today for the Orioles or the C. Forget his name now. I'm totally blank. Maybe it was a C. It was a sounded similar to Millwood. It was a two two syllable name. <laughs> Tillman. Anyway, Chris Tillman. Tillman. Oh, yes. Hey, former Mariners farmhand. He there was you in go. Bedard trade. Bedard's a free agent now, by the way. The Pirates cut him loose. So. Yeah. So I mean, there's been some moves out there, but uh, yeah, Tillman's hurt. You know, right now we don't know how bad yet, but they they shut down the Yankees today, eight three. Good. So. Good, I'm that, pulling for the Orioles. That, re- that race has tightened up a bit. But uh, getting back to the M's, uh, we got the back end of the rotation. Uh, Iwakuma, I think he's been, I don't know if I go as far as calling him a pleasant surprise. Definitely in Wedge's eyes, because he just buried him for the first two months of the year. Well, but... he, he wasn't terribly effective at the beginning of the year, yeah. if I remember right. <laughs> Which was so long ago. But uh, he worked it out. He's come back, and he's really been, uh, you know, I think... Kind of an instrumental in, the, in yeah. the recent streak since the break, honestly, for the M's. So. Yeah, I think he's been a real bright ha- spot in the second half. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we might see him returning next year, honestly. I mean, I would I would just pencil him in yeah, right there. Yeah, I, I think he would. I mean, so, starting today as well, he's been good so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you struck out on Mike Trout earlier. Today, yeah. Actually. Caught him looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was awesome. Right. Got that backwards K working for the Iwakuma. That's so right. Working that. They in. should just put that on the back of his jersey. That's right. Just, just, flip, Kuma. <laughs> just flip it around. So they'd be like, "Is that Asian?" No, it's just the way he pitches. It's just that's just what he does. Um, and then uh, of course the the BB uh, Blake Bevan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like. Well, I don't know. Maybe I should listen to your opinion on Bevan. I just he just does nothing good or bad for me. He's just there. He's there. Yeah. I think uh, Kevin Millwood has been the perfect mentor for him. I think so. I think so. I, he's really, you know, um, Bevan. He, he gets uh, doesn't strike a lot of guys out. Doesn't nope. walk a lot of guys either. Um, but he gets up a lot of hits. But they're usually on the ground. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know. He's a good back of the rotation guy. I mean, unless you got someone really better, which I think the M's might have in their system, possibly coming up next year. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think Bevan, I can't give him, I don't have any big reason to let him go for nothing. No. Oh, you know? no. I mean, he should stay so, around. For him, for me, I get more excited about Erasmo Ramirez than Bevan, personally. But they more, more upside? But the more, but yeah, but honestly, they're probably basically the same pitcher at this point, so I'm not really all that riled up that one of them's starting and one of them's yeah. not. Given so overall, I mean the starting starting rotation, you got to give a, give it. I think a B plus A, you know, or oh, somewhere yeah. in that range. Honestly, for the year, they they kept the Mariners in games all year, got them to this to the point where they were within shouting distance of the wild card at some point recently. <laughs> so woo, <laughs> they could hear that woo all yeah. the way up up in uh, you know Oakland A land uh, apparently. <laughs> Wow, you're a lot more pleasant on the star rotation than I. Well, it's well, hard. It's hard for me to rate the star rotation because Felix is a plus. I mean, right, exactly. And so, the certain extent, he carries the rest of the staff. But the rest of them, for me, they haven't been bad, but they haven't been good. At least for me, I'd probably uh, B or B B at the max. I'd probably really? go B minus. Really? Well, it's just I'll, I'm rough on my grades. I started a C, and you got to move up you or you move, move down. So I just so I, for me, I mean, Felix is the A plus. Sure. Vargas. B-ish range, and then everyone else for me is like C-ish, and so just trying to put it all in the wash. I think, well, I think overall, I mean, you look at our starting starting rotation, I, I would compare it to other teams and look at their situations and their starting rotations, and I think we're much better off in a lot of ways than, than a lot of other teams. I would agree. The weird thing about our rotation is that I think most rotations you have two or three guys that you feel good about, and then it's just crap, and you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The Mariners have... One absolute stud, a couple more, you're okay, and then the rest is just really mediocre. Like, you know that what you're throwing out in four and five is probably a little more faithful than other stuff that other teams have, but at the same time, you have that four or five mix, like, earlier on in the rotation. Yeah, I, feel, I feel better about our four or five guys, you know, and feel like they're more victims of no run support than, you know, than they are bad necessarily that's true you know and so but you I, gotta remember they're in a pitcher's park with a killer defense behind true. them and that's fine i think that if that boosts the grade you know uh of the starting rotation i think that's fine that's an advantage for us okay so i would rate the defense separately personally well i don't think safe goes so much the defense that's fair <laughs> all those safe go shots I mean, park park factors play in but i think you gotta have Guys that know how to play the park, too. So. That's true. That's yeah. fair Fair enough. Yeah. And what about the bullpen, Alan? The what bullpen. are you thinking about? The bullpen like went through a revolution at the trade deadline. It, it really actually did. somehow got better by subtraction. It did. You know, and well, I think he, you bring up the young guys, the you know, the Carter Caps, the Stephen mm-hmm. Pryors. And, uh, Saw Caps on Friday, and he was throwing a lot of strikes. I was happy uh, to see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're, they're, those guys are, are pretty, I mean, I... I Pretty about even, you know. Honestly, right now for what they're at their mm-hmm. rate, I think. Um, I think right now Pryor is showing a little more. Mm-hmm. I think um, right now it does for us being a little more polished. But um, I like seeing them in there. They're very exciting young young relievers. So, you know, they got the, the fastballs working for them. You know, so it's nice to see. Um, the guy I loved throughout the whole year. I mean, Licky was it was great. I mean, that's why the lefty coming out and. Um, mm-hmm. he's kind of regressed a little bit back, I mean, lately, um, 
but overall, I'm, I'm happy to see some lefties coming out of the bullpen. I know, him effective and, ones him, to boot. Him and Furbush. Uh, and Oliver yeah. Perez. And Oliver Perez, who, who when he doesn't walk guys, he's, he's you know, good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and that is, he's more effective than he was with the Mets, apparently. <laughs> so, gotta love that. Uh, what do you think of Wilhelmson, the bartender, coming love out of him. the closer spot? Love it? I love him. I think it's going to be fun next year. I, I mean, he's nailed down the closer spot, but this bullpen next year is going to be a lot of fun because what I love, well, yeah, just, just a lot of the same things you said. I love the fastballs at the back end. I mean, Caps, Pryor, Wilhelmson is yep. like Nelson Rhodes to Saki. I think it's that good, if not wow. better. They got the eight, nine innings just taken care yeah, of. Yeah, and the thing is with Caps is he's a year removed from being a starter, and the Mariners have kept him in multi-inning roles. He can he can maintain 100 miles an hour for two, three, four innings Oof. if they want. And they, they threw multiple innings, lots in double-A, and so far in the majors they've kept doing that. And he's a multi-inning guy, easily. I mean, it's, well, I think most guys are actually multi-inning guys, and people are just pansies about it. But Fair enough. My opinion. But. That's your, yeah, you know. But I just imagine, I'm like, I'm just imagining that crucial game where you can get five innings out of, like, Blake Bevan or something, and then you go Caps 6, 7, Pryor 8, and Wilhelmson 9. I mean, good luck. That's true. I think good that, luck. That's really tough. And, and, and that's not even talking about Furbush or... No, the lefties that can come out from situations, um, mm-hmm. situational lefties. We all know what, how Wedge likes to kind of micromanage a little. Yep. The, the lefty-righty matchups and all that. It's so. hilarious because Zorincic actually gave him a bullpen that doesn't have really any splits. <laughs> nope. They're remarkably effective <laughs> against both. And so when you have all that working, all that bullpen working, and you have starters that normally go seven innings, mm-hmm. you know, uh, six or seven innings at least in most starts, that's that's pretty, you know, the pitching, that's that's tough. Yeah. You know, that's tough to come up against. Yeah. No, absolutely. Especially with that bullpen. It's just weird because we watched the pile theory for like three or four yeah. years, and out of nowhere it just crystallized into these young flamethrowers. Not quite out of nowhere. You could watch the minor league system and knew they were coming, but it came fast. It did. I think they're here to stay. What do you think that's, I mean, do you think that's out of the, the pile theory, or is that kind of, can you see that that was planned by Zorensic in a way, through trades and free agency, picking up guys off from nowhere? I honestly think it was mostly out of necessity. I think when you think of the bare cupboard that he was left with, virtually nothing. So um, I think what his strategy was, he's like, okay, well, whatever arms we have, we're going to groom them as starters, and we're going to do that, and... We're going to just build this system up, and in between, we're just going to fill gaps. And we'll mm-hmm. fill gaps in the bullpen just with junk, whatever we can just sift through. Yeah. And that was a smart decision by him, because he didn't sink a bunch of money into that bullpen, and he yeah. got okay performances. It survived. They traded water for two, three years. Mm-hmm. And now they have, I mean, it's just the talent they acquired. I mean, Caps or some thought he could be a starter. They could just throw him in the bullpen, so they decided to do the bullpen thing. Pryor was a bullpen guy from the start. Will Helmson, they tried out for as a starter for a little bit in Double A, yeah. didn't pan out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these guys in the back or Furbush, they weren't sure what he was going to be, and kind of by necessity, he ended up in the bullpen. He looked great, so they're just leaving him there. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's a little mix of both, but I would say in the grander scheme, you can really blame Bavesi for that one and leaving no pitchers in the system whatsoever. And so, it's just those priorities, he went with the pile. There it is. What would where would you, what would your grade be on the uh, the bullpen uh, as a whole at this oh, point? Oh, that's a tough one because you 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 can't subtract the Brandon League four months. No, they have to be in there somewhere. Yeah, I'd I'd probably give it probably be a solid B. Okay, another solid B. How about you? I think uh, 
based on uh you know where we've been since the Brandon League trade, um, which I was all for and so happy to see. Oh, uh, same here. Right on my birthday, it was great. Yeah. Um, gotta love the trade deadline right there. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'd say accounting for that, I might I might give it a B plus considering there were still some highlights early in the year given the Brandon League era, the tail end of that. <laughs> the era. <laughs> um. Given that, there were still some guys like Galicki that were great, have been great all year. Will Humpson, you know, in whatever role he was in, you know, he's fair point. Good, so fair points. I, I, I could give it a solid B plus, I think. So, I mean, the pitching as a whole, you know, is right around that B plus, probably a minus range for me as well on the year. So, I think that's definitely been a highlight to watch. So, I I agree, especially. Yep, I mean, they just they're starting to have a little bit of an identity, and that's nice. Yeah. That's quite nice. Well, what about the offense, Alan? Well, I mean, the offense. Speaking, of, I mean, this is we, this is a tough one to grade because I feel like they've changed a lot. They the have year. since even since the the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. We we picked up uh, Eric Thames. Yep, um, who's been clutch uh, in a lot of such very situational uh, hitter. He's been very clutch so far. He's actually, I mean, surprised me given what what had seen in his his numbers before he came coming here. So he's been a pleasant surprise, I think. Um, as part of the outfield mm-hmm. pile, I guess. Yes. Uh, since we're going with that term, I, I mean, there's a lot of outfielders now, and we don't know what to do with them. <laughs> so he, he's been he's been a been, been nice to see. Um, you know, his, his numbers have been good, uh, and the time he's gotten, I think. I mean, another guy that's, I think he should get a lot of credit this year. Uh, you know, his acquired in trade in the offseason is John Jaso. Uh, Indeed. Offensively, he's shown that you can be a catcher and still hit the ball. Um, which is who great. knew? Who knew? You know, he even caught Felix's perfect game. Yeah. You know? He can catch. He can catch and, you know, all that. So, I mean, he's he's been great in his platoon catcher role with Montero and Olivo. So, uh, I love him. And um, I think, I mean, he definitely needs to stick around, I, I think. Um, oh, he will. I, think, I don't see why not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, he'll be around. I think and could at least be a great bridge until I guess Zuninho is ready, which could be fast. Which could be quick. Give it, it looking at his numbers. So um, then you got Montero, who's still young and he can catch. And I mean, he's been in the DH role for most of the year, and he's still. I don't. He's not polished yet, but I think he's, he's going to get there. What do you think of of the catching situation? I don't know what to think of the catching situation. Does Olivo it's go? So, Do we oh, let Olivo please, go? Please. No more Olivo. <laughs> no more Olivo. I will say, I mean, we'll, we'll no, get... No, no, Olivo. We'll look forward a little bit, you know, down the road here in this podcast, which is... Oh, nice. It's already... Oh, it's, it's, going, it's clicking right along. Um, but... I do think they need to find a backup catcher in free agency, which is not that hard. It's no. not going to cost money. I'm not looking for a big money hire, but... But I just think it's it's an odd catching platoon because both Jason and Montero are more bat first catchers. Yes, and there are enough bat first catchers on a terrible offense that they DH regularly, and that's probably a smart play actually on Wedge's part. I'll give sure. some gives credit them, for that. Gives their legs a break. But because of that, it really makes a good amount of sense to carry three catchers on the roster, and I think they should continue with that mm-hmm. at least until Zanino. Zanino's making a believer out of me in a hurry that he's going to be the answer at catcher. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's, he's just crushing in Double A right now at the same rate that he was in rookie. Mm-hmm. So I mean, 
And he'll be going to the Fall League. He's probably yeah. the most interesting guy to follow in the Fall League. Kind of. Although, if you read my post, I, I just kind of skirted over him because everyone's going to pay attention to him. And there's some other guys to pay attention to. True. But we, we won't get into that here. I rewrote about it. So, so I mean, the reality is, is, I mean, already just seeing how things are pulling out early. I feel like this is now just whoever's there is just keeping the seat warm for yeah. Zanino. Yeah. That he might be the guy. Uh, so you don't want a long-term commitment, but I do think they still need a th- they still need a third guy just for the whole DH mm-hmm. aspect. Sure. So absolutely, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And Olivo, I don't think is the answer. No, he's he, not worth it. He's walked maybe five times this whole year in all of his at bats. Well, and I he's think. not. I mean, everyone likes his. He's got a nice arm, but he's not. He's really not that good a catcher. He can't no. catch the ball. He's not a great enough hitter to keep him around and pay him what he's going to. You know, need because he's a he's so old in a lot of ways. Well, he's old. He's a veteran. Yeah. So he brings that to the table, but you got to pay for that. And when he's hitting maybe two thirteen, with yeah, and it's an empty two thirteen. There's yeah, no uh, there's no walks. There's a lot of strikeouts, occasional dingers, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's enough other guys that can do the same thing. Yeah, you know, the most sad thing for me with Leo I, from Kicks one time, I looked at his like strike zone stuff. There's some cool heat map stuff out there that I probably should throw on the blog so you can look at it yourself. But yeah. um, the thing is, is I mean, this is going to sound stupid, but I, I will I will expand on it. Miguel Levo is really good at hitting strikes. Like if it's in the strike zone, he hits it pretty well, and he's got pretty good plate coverage. The problem is he swings at things that are 15 feet outside the strike zone with reckless abandon. So there's no point to ever throw him a strike because he'll just make it a strike. Yeah. And that's the most fr- – I was like, you know that every hitting coach who's ever had him has known this. Yeah, and no one – No one can crack the code. No no one can do it. And, well, let's take a look at I mean, the outfield situation, you know, the pile there. Um, you know, I think Saunders has been great this year for us. He's actually – he's shown some some bat, some life in his mm-hmm. bat. He adjusted his swing over the offseason. It's worked out well for him. He strikes out quite a bit. But we'll take it. Got good, solid defense in the outfield. Mm-hmm. He has crazy home road splits too. His if you just took his road and just made it a whole season's worth, you'd, you'd be a totally different opinion of him. He's probably someone I should write about because yeah. his it's a really extreme split. Yeah. And so there's that. We've got uh, who, who else? I mean, we, since Ichiro was traded away, has well, been Trayvon. Trayvon's been up. He's got some speed on the base, base pass. Mm-hmm. He's still stealing some bases. Um, He's been hitting all right, as far as I know. Yeah, actually, he's been hitting better than I expected. Uh, I mean, I'm rooting for Trayvon. I like him. Yeah. But I hadn't seen much in Tacoma that suggested that he would do what he's done so far in Seattle. I mean, he's he's figuring out his skill set. And what's nice to me is it seems like he's adjusting to his skill. I mean, he's got a little bit of gap power, maybe a little better than that. I mean, his homers are usually pretty good shots. He's been hitting some dingers. But he was trying for way too many homers with his speed, mm-hmm. and he's finally sitting, and he's had some tough, he's had a lot of hard liners caught, I feel like. I mean, there was that the great game in New York where you get like three blazing line drives right at people, and he went over four and just had to laugh it off. But even, was it the game was that Friday, there was a hot shot the second, it's like, man, kids, yes. kids gotta get a break. Yeah, he's, he'll catch his breaks, and he's also good, good glove out there. He's yeah. been putting him in left field, he's been really solid out there. Um, actually, I've had, had a few nice highlight reel catches. As well, uh, Goody's back again. Hopefully, he stays healthy. Yeah, uh, we haven't seen enough of him to really new, do great. New in. theory for me on Goody that actually someone in Cleveland made a voodoo doll of him once Grady Sizemore became forever injured. 
<laughs> and that's his biggest issue. That could be it, honestly. So if we got any Mariners fans in Cleveland, just just burn the city down. And yeah, we'll find it. Something. God. That's the only explanation for how hurt he's gotten in the past couple of years. Oh, the stomach, and then the concussion, and then... And the concussions like... is the best, really. <laughs> Who gets hit in the face on a pickoff throw? <laughs> oh, man. Uh... Thames is, is up, and I mean, we discussed him already. The reality is the outfield is filled with a bunch of two-ish dimensional players, and you really want a three-dimensional one. Yeah. Or I guess I can talk more in two tools, but I'm a math person, so it's like, you got a bunch of people with clear deficiencies and some decent strengths, and you just wish you could put it all together. And Yeah. So, well, hopefully that'll come together. Um, highlights, I think, in the infield... Or there's definitely a couple of those. Seager. Seager. Absolutely, Seager's got to be a highlight. He, he looks like a building block somewhere. Yeah, he's been a great two-out clutch hitter mm-hmm. uh, all year. He's hidden for power, uh, for average. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's doing very well. He's probably one of the best hitters we got right now in the lineup, and he's been showing it, I yep. think, overall. I think and, there's been a few signs out of Ackley, but hopefully he can really bounce back next year. That'd be helpful. Absolutely. Yeah, Ackley... Uh, it's he's striking out a lot this year. Uh, he's yeah. still walking. I mean, enough for me to, to say okay. I don't think it's his totally his approach necessarily. Um, there was a great read I just just saw recently. They Matt from Lookout Landing did a Fangraphs post about the the lefty strike uh, on the outside and how he's been more aggressive with that lately. Um, so I think I mean I re- just read about that a little bit ago and it was, it was very interesting. It's changed. So he's kind of adjusting things and he's been mm-hmm. leading off, which is definitely. A role I don't think he's used to. Yeah, maybe not. But um, I, I see him getting better. I, I don't see him sticking around at a two thirty average, you know, forever. I think he's he's got the tools and the power. I mean, for sure, when he does make contact, it's there. So, I don't know. yeah, no, I've got optimism for honest. I mean, I should write a post on Mont- Montero's got some pretty interesting splits too, home and away. Mm. He is not a bust. Um, I mean, I think he's deflated expectations we had this idea that we finally had this like monster in the middle of our lineup and he's not that but if you consider him as a rookie as a rookie mm-hmm. catcher too he's trying to learn a new pitching staff I mean, you just throw in all the, the the learning curve he was under this year sure. i mean it's not i won't go as far as call him a pleasant surprise but he's not a bust either no he's, he's, he's shown too much to call him a bust absolutely and i think enough of this lineup is so young the guys that are struggling you still could make an argument well they're still learning you know mm-hmm. it's, it's such a young lineup especially well and the other the thing too is that they actually have hit better as the season's gone which <laughs> you would you would hope for if they're actually learning something <laughs> i mean the old, oldest regular starter everyday guy we have in the lineup is like brendan ryan at 30 yeah like oliva's older than him but he's not in the lineup all the time yeah, thank goodness <laughs> so you when that when you take that into account, I think a lot of the, I mean the tough numbers as far as the, the average and you know uh, and some of the strikeouts. I mean you couldn't be explained by that a lot. I think Brandon Ryan is what a Brandon, what he is too, amazing magician at shortstop, you know, and that's about two hundred. He's actually been betting better lately mm-hmm. in the second half of the season than yep. early too. It's true. It's nice to see. Um, Now, the reality is you can carry one Brendan Ryan. He's not the problem. The problem is everyone else around him is a little too much like him. Yeah, I think I agree. I I agree. So which brings us to uh, first base. Yeah. That's that's definitely a spot that um, has been a struggle for many years. smoking hole. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. 
Justin Smoke, what do we do? Uh, I would, I mean, I'm sure he's got some sort of trade value still. I'd be curious to know what it is. Mm-hmm. I, for me, he's not the answer. I, I guess if Mike comes back, maybe he's an answer. I don't see him as an answer either. The pro- I would love to find a cornerstone, but I also think it's a logical spot that you can go find a serviceable veteran for a year, pull another Russell Brannion type of deal. Sure. Because, I mean, they just, the production's terrible there, and they really need a better bat, and they need someone. And, and I'm starting to believe in something of that, that veteran presence idea that this this young lineup's trying to find their way with no one that's actually seen a good lineup. Fair enough. They don't necessarily have to be the cornerstone offensive person, but I, I do believe there is something to some guy saying, oh, no, this is how you do it, and I'm going to speak from experience. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because they just don't have that. Just I mean, what, smoke. It's, it's Brendan Ryan, I guess? Yes, right now it is, seems like it is. And, I mean, that's... It's fine. Ritter Ryan's a clubhouse guy. Everyone seems to like him. He's, you know, personable and kind of weird, but cool. Yeah. You know? So anyway, basically what I'm saying is they need to go find a first baseman on the free agent market, which is going to be fun this offseason because it's, uh, it's not it's not the, the thickest crop. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> We've got, uh, I've got up on MLB contracts, the potential 2013 free agents, and they list their first baseman types. We have Lance Berkman, who has been considering retirement all year. That's, and his knees have gone out. Yep. We have Jason Giambi, who sounds like a great name. Actually, he still hits pretty well in Colorado, but he's like 40,000 years old now. He's very, yeah. Or 42. I think he literally might be 42. Whew. Travis Hafner is not a first baseman. He's a restricted free agent, and he's listed as a first baseman, but he's a DH anyway, so yeah. nope. Uh, Eric Hinksey, pass. Aubrey Huff, pass. Casey Kochman, tried it, uh, pass. Adam LaRoche is a restricted free agent. He might hit the market. What would you think of that name, Alan? You know, I, I, I don't hate it. I think okay. I, I don't hate it. That's a perfect way to put it. <laughs> I think I don't, I don't hate the I mean, he's got, I mean, he's, he's, he was productive enough for a lot of years, and sure, yeah, I mean, I I should double check on what the Nationals are up to, but I don't think there's any big plans to keep him around Washington or the nation's yeah. capital. So he might just flip Washingtons. So yeah, that could work. Coast, yeah, there you go. Carlos Lee, what do you think of that name? Oh, what do you think of that name? He's gr- well. Well, actually, I will pause on that one. I'm going to finish out the list really fast. Our other options after Carlos Lee are James Loney, Xavier Navy, Mike Napoli, who's really a catcher, Lyle Overbay, Carlos Pena, Jim Tomey, Ty Wigington. So, hmm. with those in mind, Carlos Lee looks a lot prettier to me. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. And again, if you're if I'm looking, Carlos Lee is not a long-term answer. Honestly, I think he'd be kind of crappy in Safeco Field. But sounds silly, but he has driven in a lot of runs in his career. Yeah. And he's a bit of a contact hitter. I should go check. The Marlins Park, at least early on, is, has been pitcher heavy from what I understand. So I yeah. should go look at his splits and see what he's done when he's hit Miami. Um, but, yeah, that could be but good. as far as a guy who's not going to, I mean, that maybe can show him how to do a few things to use baseball speak that just says so much about a player's ability. Yeah. He can do some things. He can do some things, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, I mean, Tommy, I don't see... Tommy, I am really part of me would love to sign, but he's not a first baseman. No, I mean Carlos Pena's lost his power. He, he may be Lyle Verde is from Centralia, but according to our friend Tim Kelly, is not a friendly guy. No, really not. <laughs> we don't like that. I mean, and Pena doesn't really hit for average ever. No, he definitely so. doesn't hit for average. He'd be all about patience. He's he's 
Jack Cuss waiting to happen all over again. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Although he has a nice glove, I will say that. So maybe Carlos Lee. That could be could Yeah, be as uninteresting as that is, it might be Carlos Lee would make sense. And so Mike Napoli, I just don't see him signing in Seattle. I think he would sign as a catcher, yeah. and he's just a little too valuable. It's somebody that actually is good. Yeah, agreed. He probably, that's where he wants to go. Anyway. Now, the other thing, we could try to get creative here. I mean, first base is not... Not the hardest position. Not the hardest position to place. So maybe we should take a look at our pile of outfielders that are going to hit sure. for agency and see if we can find a first baseman in here. Uh, Rick Ankiel has a killer arm, so he'd be totally wasted at first base. Uh, but yeah. he also can't really hit. Melky Cabrera! Melky Cabrera. It'd be interesting. <laughs> I mean, it would be interesting. If he's clean or not. I mean, if he, if he shows any signs of life that he showed this past year. But who says he doesn't resign with the Giants, though? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know how available he'll be. Josh Hamilton. Any guesses on where Josh Hamilton's going? Because he is a fascinating free agent case. Someone with a lot of money to burn. Wow, they listed David Ortiz as an outfielder. That's an interesting... Weird. Well, he I don't think he's leaving Boston anyway. Why would he? Yeah. Um, I really, honestly, am not seeing any first baseman in this outfield group. To be No. Blunt. Swisher? But yeah, that's true. Swisher would be a first baseman. That would actually be the most interesting name we've said so far. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> to be honest. He's not a friendly guy, but we'll take it. Oh, he's very friendly on Twitter. So friendly, I just stopped following him. Because he's just always like, yeah, great day. And it's like, tell it's me something new. New York on a championship caliber team. Mm-hmm. Again, well, how unhappy can you be? After Fair you leave point. leave Oakland. Fair point. <laughs> so... The, there's part of the problem. The Mariners have money to spend, but what hitter wants to come to Safeco is Victorino? always the... Victorino? I mean, I would put him in the outfield and then someone else shifts the first base. I mean, I would personally be okay with, like, Carp or Smoke, one of them trying to be the first baseman if we've <laughs> sure. got a, if we throw in another outfielder. This, we just need... Sure. This, I, I finally have jumped on the bandwagon of, yes, we need an established bat in this lineup. That yes. isn't necessarily going to be the centerpiece, but mm-hmm. just somebody... That's kind of dependable and can kind of neutralize the ups and downs we're going to see from the young Sure, sure, absolutely. Which is not Delman Young, who is a free agent, though. Yeah, <laughs> Carlos Lee is in there, too. I mean, Well, yeah, because he can also play some outfield. But, but still, it's a mm-hmm. bat. <laughs> I mean, Reed Johnson's very platoon-heavy. Scott Hairston's maybe interesting, maybe not. Raul. <sighs> Ichiro. <laughs> uh. I wouldn't go after either of those. No, no. The moral of the story is this is a very uninteresting free agent crop. Yeah, it's just Hamilton and the rest. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you think of BJ Upton. He will hit free agency. Nick Swisher, actually, I'm okay with that name. Yeah, Victorino, too, although I don't know what the Dodgers are up to. Part of me says they can't re-sign Victorino, but they seem to have stated that they have no payroll limitations, and they've certainly traded like that. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what to make of that. Grady Sizemore does hit free agency if you still believe he has kneecaps, you know. Sure. Maybe that offsets the Goody injuries. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> you can piece together a full-time center fielder between the two of them. <laughs> Give new meaning to their stitch and pitch promotion. <laughs> So, I mean, outfield at first base, definitely the, the places where we see moves need to be made. Do you think maybe it, it might have to come in a trade then? Uh, I think that would make more sense just because, like we said, they've got some assembled piles of mildly interesting yet in, uninteresting at the same time players. So, um, for me, the dream scenario 
is that somebody just pays Josh Hamilton an incredible amount of money to the point that they have to offload someone else. That's, to me, the dream scenario. I don't know who that team is. I mean, part of me would be like, well, the Dodgers decide they want him instead of Andre Ethier, which would make no sense because they just re-signed Andre Ethier. But I'm just going with it because it's on top of my head and it's still hypothetical. So let's say Josh Hamilton signs with the Dodgers. Oh, we have too many pay commitments. Let's hand off Andre Ethier. We decide that's the odd man out. Sure. So the Mariners can go in and go, hey, well, we'll take on his whole contract if we don't have to pay as much for a process. So we can give away, you know, you know, so I'm trying to think it was maybe a Trayvon, maybe maybe throw him. Well, we got like Liddy and yeah, Liddy. I don't think I'll see a place for him. All you know, I mean, we got that. we got this kind of second tier type of position prospect. So you can kind of look and go, oh, well, he's got some power, some some. You know, there's yeah. something we can work with sure. here. Maybe so maybe, you know, Liddy and then throw in, you know, Ramirez or Bevin. So you get that back-end rotation filler or, you know, yeah. depth guys that are cheap under long team control for this expensive dude. So you take the payroll relief. I mean, right. to me, that's that's the strength of the Mariners organization is they have some quality, but I think they want – I think it makes sense to hold on to the quality. The quantity is really where you want to trade out of. It's that second-tier mm-hmm. group, which they've actually built up a little bit. So, so to me, throw three or four guys from that pool – Get an impact bat, and the only way you're going to do that is if you can also offer salary relief, which requires the other team being over, which right. means they probably sign a premier. I mean, you just kind of yeah, like a I mean a big spender, like a you know like a Yankees or a uh, you know even a Miami, I guess or, or a Tech. <laughs> no longer Miami was a joke. Well, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but teams like that that would sign a big guy, you know, a big name guy. I mean, mm-hmm. that is, I mean, honestly, if the Rangers don't resign him. I don't they, think they're gonna. You don't think they're gonna. They called up direction. So here's my well, it's not even conspiracy theory. I think it's very. The Rangers are pretty smart with their money, and they're loaded in the farm system. So they have two big position prospects: Mike Gold and Jerickson Profar. Jerickson, I think it's Jerickson. Um, Mike Gold's been up for a month already, and Jerickson, despite not even be 20 years old yet, is cutting a September call up and playing somewhat regularly. Now, Profar is a shortstop. They already got Elvis Andrus, which just isn't fair. Right. Because they have literally the best shortstop prospect in the game, and they've already got Andrus. But anyway, he can play shortstop and stay there, so he can certainly cover an outfield position. Fair so enough. I'm just yeah. FYI. And now Craig Gentry looks like a nice outfielder for them. David Murphy's having a good... I mean, they're just loaded. Yeah. There's no reason for them to sink a bunch of bad money in there when they're just loaded with all these youngsters. I think they'd be more interested in keeping our old... Sure. He was a third baseman, but they have Adrian Beltre. Yeah. So he might end up in the outfield. I mean, it's, it's not just that they have options. They have options that might be superior to Josh Hamilton in two or three years. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's so, why I don't see them resigning them. So it is, I mean, as much as we're going to hear about it, uh, Josh Hamilton signing somewhere in the offseason, it's going to be interesting to see who does it. Yeah. Because uh, it'll be a lot Mets. of money. The Mets, I mean, I'd say, you know, that them, that could be... Yankees, maybe? Yankees, I, I see it. It makes a lot of sense with what they've done. I didn't even realize Nick Swisher was a free agent until now. I mean, that would be an opening. There were, you know, there you go. So, so I, don't, I mean, Dodger, even I was like, oh, it's going to be the Dodgers. And they made all these trades. And I was like, okay, well, maybe not. And I was like, well, maybe. Or, I mean, maybe the Reds. Although, the Reds, Josh Hamilton would be a terrible fit in Boston. So, at least in my opinion. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they got the, it is going to be a fat. I think it will be a fascinating offseason. Maybe not so much for the Mariners, but. Boston is a literal, it's a rich team with no money, no money committed. committed right so now. what are they going to do with it? I mean, yeah, true, true. That's going to be fascinating. Or the Dodgers apparently will just spend whatever they want at all times. Yeah, Dodgers will maybe spend money. I mean, or uh, I mean, I see, I see them going to the Yankees. I really do. I mean, he'd be a good fit for the park. Yep. <laughs> just, 
I mean, he already does hit well there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he does all right. <laughs> so, there's the home run derby memories. Yeah, there's that. I mean, so, man, they spend money, you know, because they can, you know, and that's what they do. So it fits in with what they do. So I know they've been trying to pair back there, but at the same time, I just, I don't know. It's just hard to say. I mean, on one hand, Boston is the logical one financially, but it's just left-handers are killed in that park. Um, yeah, they just are, and just I just I don't know. Other than the Dodgers, I mean, this was the team with the melt. I mean, so he tries to stay sober, and it's tough for for him. And this is the team that had the clubhouse where they were just drinking in the middle of the game. True, that was from last year, but still. Yeah, they cleaned out all that. Yeah, they have literally, almost literally, traded away everything except for John Lackey. They still can't find a way to get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> they almost they tried to in that deal for well, one. They tried their they, best. They tried, but you know whatever. So, what do you think he might go to a National League team versus uh, other than the Dodgers? I think, I mean, to a certain extent, and I think he'll follow the money. Yeah. I, I think I think there's going to be a lot of mixed feelings on him as far as who's going to offer money and who won't. Yeah. I think there's only so many teams that, or, or how much, I mean, he had a nice contract in Texas, how much a pennant matters to him. True. I mean, it sounds like this, how the playoffs play out this Could year might matter. It. Yeah, he, if, he gets that, the, if he gets the pennant in the third try mm-hmm. in a row. <laughs> So if they, yep. go, if they make it that far, so. so who knows? Who knows? I just I don't know who's going to offer me. The Mariners should offer him a deal. Uh, it's just it'll be length, just like any time. I mean, I sure. would offer him this thing. I would offer him maybe three or four years tops at sure. what twenty mil per or something like that. Yeah. I don't think that's enough to get him. Yeah, not to I mean continue beating a dead horse talking about Josh Hamilton some more, but do you think it'll be similar to a Pujols deal or no. a okay? I could see, well, number one, he's old. Well, no, it's not the Pools deal because the Angels decided that they basically gave him a lifetime contract. I don't right. think he's faced with franchise material. I don't think anyone wants to do sure. that. I just don't think. I agree with that. Anyone wants to do that. But the one that scares me is the Prince Fielder deal. Because oh. Prince Fielder, remember, no, well, everyone wanted him, but nobody wanted him for his price. Mm-hmm. And then the Tigers all of a sudden had the need with Victor Martinez going out for the year, and then just boom. Right. So I, I think Josh Hamilton's going to hang around the free agent market forever. Mm. I think he might hang out at least till January. Sure. That's what I think. I think he's going to be shopped around for a while. Um, that's just my hunch. Just kind of watching mm. that one. Prince Fielder was younger than Hamilton. I, I still think he'll get Prince Fielder money, especially not Prince Fielder length. But I think he's going to want to hold out for at least six years or something. And I could see him getting that in the right conditions. Okay. Do you think the Mariners... Do you think they're actually going to get someone at the first base spot this this year? Or do you think it'll be another year, maybe Justin Smoke, Mike Carp, you know? I think they'll find someone. You think so? Maybe not first first base or someone. Someone's coming in the organization. Uh, I'm pretty confident of that. Who that is, I don't know. I think it makes more sense just looking at the complexion of the roster and free agency and the dynamics. It makes more sense for it to happen in a trade. I think the look of free agents, I don't think that's mm-hmm. the issue, but... Who among the guys that fits the profile the Mariners are looking for is actually going to sign here for the amount that they might want to do? So Now, we mentioned earlier how much depth we seem to have at, at the pitching spot. Mm-hmm. Do we look at any starting pitchers in free agency? I'd say yes. I mean, just the reality is you got Felix is dominant. Yep. you got Vargas. You've got... We extend Kuma. Felix, right? Oh, yeah, we extend Felix. I'd say that's the biggest deal that's going to happen this offseason, personally. Um and then we got Iwakuma and Vargas. I'm just going to pencil those three in. Mm-hmm. But the deal is, for me, Iwakuma and Vargas are both three, four starter types. Mm. If one of them was like a 
clearly like number two or potential ace type, you'd be like, oh yeah, we're good. But but for me, an ace with a couple dependable three fours and then a couple green four fives, that's I'm not in love with that. I would love to throw in another veteran into that mix. Mm. Because I'm looking, well, especially because Holtzen finished really poorly. He might need another year. Paxton didn't make it up to AAA yet this year. Walker ain't ready. I mean, there's some guys coming, but it's it's not happening next year, I don't okay. think. Um, so, personally, I would love to see another dependable guy thrown in. Maybe not a, super, not a superstar. Uh, just kind of a guy on a one-year deal. Of names, there's always a ton of starting pitchers available. The names I'm looking at, Joe Blanton would actually, if he's smart, he would sign with the Mariners because his type of pitching would work in this environment and he might recover sure. a little value. Okay. Maybe. Um, Edwin Jackson has been linked with the Mariners for like five or six years. Vivesi loved him. I think Zorinza kind of liked him. I could see him. Hiroki Kuroda. Sure. It's a great pitcher, but I think he's more interested in going to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Colby Lewis, that's division of folk. Kyle Loesch, I don't know, maybe. Sean Markham, I mean, there's several interesting names. I Brandon McCarthy, Roy Oswald. I'm looking at all these uh, free agents. It looks like the Angels have a lot of guys like coming up that they're going to have to re-sign or do something with. Yeah, well, I mean, they've also committed all that money to Albert Pujols and C.J. Wilson. So, yeah, so yeah, I, w- I wonder... I mean, if, if we could snag one of them. It, oh, it's Shin Ming Wong. I mean, <laughs> well, he's available. Yeah. The, uh, the greatest story of Alan Mine's friendship is when I traded Mark, I traded for Mark Reynolds and gave him Shin Ming Wong. And Wong was, had an ERA, I believe, of 40 and a half or so yes, when he was done for the year. Start. Mark Reynolds had his 40 homer year. And Alan will never do another fantasy trade with me ever again. Nope. But, <laughs> nope. That was it. <laughs> So there's there's some interesting guys in free agency for starters too. If we wanted to pick one up, or at least pick it up for spring training and see mm-hmm. how they go. Yeah, I mean, I I think in a perfect world, this is a guy that would ultimately get dealt at the deadline. Do you personally. think just a similar to a Kevin Millwood? Yeah, except he didn't get dealt at the deadline. I'd even go upgrade from him. Okay. I mean, I would go one or two years with one of these dependable guys, a guy that already has a track record, and then you. Put so him in safe go, and he does nicely. So not a Rich Harden type, where you think he's going to get no, <laughs> no. Like I'd love Kuroda. I don't think he'd sign here. Um, Dempster, yeah, Dempster. I think he's been too good this year. He'll go to a contender, mm. but that next tier, I mean, you just don't know where they're going to land. Because sure. the thing is, sometimes you can get one of those, I, in my head. Sometimes you can get one of those guys that under deal if they just want a deal and they don't know what's going to be available in the market, and you just go after them first when everyone else is scrambling for the better guys. Fair enough. You can get your guy. There you go. So, I mean, yeah, it's a guy that I'd be looking to turn around and pedal, but that's just that's just me. Okay. Because <laughs> mostly I'm just worried it's just that greenness. Like, I want a dependable rotation, mm-hmm. especially thinking through. I mean, like, okay, Joe Blanton is not going to throw any complete game shutouts, but can he go six innings and give us three or four runs in Safeco Field? I think so. And then he turns that over to that bullpen we got. Yeah, there you go. That's so. That's a guy that theoretically, if they have some sort of offense behind him, would be a solid 10-win guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least. And then you just turn him over and, you know, at the deadline, somebody's like, oh, he's got proven postseason experience. He's in the middle of a solid year and, blah, blah, you know, all that. You turn him into and... something great like offense. Yeah. 
Exactly. And the deal is, is at that point, I'd be like, okay, well, Holton's ready, or Erasmus Ramirez has proven himself, or somebody, somebody, one of those youngsters is now, like, more groomed and ready to go, and so you're willing to take another risk in the five spot, and so the rotation's no worse, but... Yeah. It's not the end of the world if they go in with the guys that they have right now. It's just just going to be a little bit more of an adventure at the back end. True. Fair enough. So, but it's, uh, I don't know what you're thinking, Alan, but my prognosis for the offseason is it's going to be pretty boring for the Mariners, to be blunt. It's going to be, yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, unless, I just, I, unless they see a few trades happening, that's the only place mm-hmm. where I'm seeing, like, well, that could get interesting to see who goes and who stays, so... Uh, but I think Justin Smoke, it's not going to happen. Uh, not here. No. Yeah, it's something we've 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 tried and tried. I mean, I don't I don't know about him. Olivo's got to go. <laughs> Just don't resign him. Um, anyone else you think you, you we gotta gotta ditch here or uh, something? No, not really. I yeah. mean, I also like piles of things, so I'm just like, well, I don't want them playing a lot, but that doesn't mean I don't want them. I want everyone. <laughs> yeah. So for comparison, I'm just going to throw out, I, I said I wanted to sign a backup catcher, so some of our catchers available in free agency, we've got Coy Hill, which is a no, Gerald Laird, no, nah, I wouldn't really want him, Russell Martin, Mike Napoli, Will Nieves, Ronnie Paulino, A.J. Pierzynski, Humberto Quintero, David Ross is an underrated guy, I'd like him. Okay. Schneider, Kelly Shopik, I like him too. Yorva Torrealba, who actually is in free agency right now. I'm just saying, I, a lot of these, like Torrealba, I would take him back, especially in this role of he's essentially an emergency catcher. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe we see him for three at-bats once a week. But And that's just the major league. We don't even have the minor league free agents. I mean, True. And there's a bunch of restricted guys out there, potentially, too. But... They can find a guy that can be the Miguel Olivo for yeah. even less than what they're giving Olivo. They really haven't aren't spending that much on Olivo, so it's not really. It's not like a Sean Figgins deal. That's true. I don't know why he's still around. Uh, my theory was Sean Figgins was Mr. August in the Mariners calendar. I was like, oh, he'll be gone September first, but he's not. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one still stinks. Only one more year left on it. Yeah, he's not he's not even tradable at this point. Don't wow, he wasn't tradable last year. I still would just ditch him, but for nothing. I yeah, I would. I'd just straight up ditch him. You know, or get back to the Angels or the Dodgers. The Dodgers they like money. There you Here, go. Do you want to spend more money? Spend some money. <laughs> You're Irving. Take this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, uh, I think we, 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 we've pretty much uh, hammered into the ground uh, free agency. I think so. Year. I think that's about as much as you could get out of free agent, the free agency orange, the juice you can get out of it and squeeze out of it. That's I think. true. That's about it right there as far as Mariners free we, agency. you know, we split the orange in half and then we did the hand squeeze. Then we actually took out a fork and squeezed a little bit so harder. Squeezed a little more. So I think but now we, we're down to pulp, which is actually very healthy for you. Well, really? But that doesn't mean it's very enjoyable to digest. Fair point. Fair point. And I don't know what that analogy says about this podcast, but no, really, there it is. I'm thirsty. That's what it says. Well, I can get you some water. Do you have juice? Juice? Uh, we might have some juice. Orange juice? At my aunt and uncle's place, and they were talking about going and getting some juice yesterday, actually. We Fun need, fact. Well, why want some orange juice? Okay. No. Well, since Alan wants orange juice, we got to wrap this up. Also, it's almost an hour in, so we're, we're this is about perfect as far it's as not, the podcast line. Sounds good. I'm getting juice. Uh, you, 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 close the podcast. Okay. 
Uh, this is this is Tim Chalberg signing out for Allen as well. We're going to go catch the end of the Mariners game. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, enjoy some juice if you have some around your house.